0: Here it is, the most listened to radio show on the planet, even the other stations are tuned in too.
1: Hi, I'm Chloe Ferreira from Mice Chat, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast.
2: Hi, this is Doug Barnes of the Season Pass Podcast and the Mice Chat Podcast, and you are listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast.
3: Hey, I'm Robert Coker, Super 78 and the Season Pass Podcast, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. This is Dusty Sage with MiceChat.com, and we're here on the Coaster Challenge Podcast.
4: If you're heading off to Disney and don't know where to start, click yourself over to MiceChat and you're out of the time. They take the dizzy out of Disney for you and me.
3: Head back and face forward because it's Mice Chat Month on the Coaster Challenge Podcast.
0: You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast, celebrating Mice Chat Month with Dusty Sage, Doug Barnes, Chloe Ferreira, and Robert Coker. It's time to accept the Coaster Challenge with your host, David Cantu and Jenna Giselle. Hey, how's it going, Jenna? Great. How's it going, Dave? It's going good, going good. Happy May
5: yay school's almost over summer's around the corner i can't wait
0: god this year has really flown by
5: yeah it has can
0: i just say i am so glad this year has gone by so fast i will tell you i have had one hell of a beginning of a year i'll tell you (laughs) i am looking forward to this month i am actually oh my gosh i've got a lot planned this month i'm so excited i'm gonna be making my way down to florida right i am just in need of a very long vacation after having such a difficult winter <laughs> so i tell you i no hope everyone's doubt yeah I hope everyone's having a wonderful spring. Happy May. And it's also the weekend of Mother's Day.
5: Happy Mother's Day for all the mothers out there.
0: Ditto. Happy Mother's Day. Especially a shout out to my own mother, who I love very much. I just want to say happy Mother's Day. I know I'm not going to be there for Mother's Day this year. We both talked about it, but we are definitely going to be doing dinner. And I'm going to give her her gift early. And I'm going to spend some time with her before I go on my journey.
5: Wait, wait, wait. From... All of Coaster Challenge family, happy Mother Day to all the mothers that support us.
0: Yes. Well, guys, happy May again, and I will tell you, it is a, going to be a very special month for the Coaster Challenge podcast, because if you all remember back in January, we did a a, a, a month series celebrating an organization. Back in January, we celebrated Thrills United with Thrills United Month, to, starting today. We are celebrating Mice Chat month right here on the podcast and for all of you that don't know what Mice Chat is, Mice Chat is one of the biggest disney news that you'll ever know in the disneyland world pretty much and if you need to know anything that's going on at any of the disney parks mice chat is definitely the place to go they have everything from website youtube channel podcasting they do everything and they cover it in all angles all things disney
5: let's not just not not exclude make it exclusive of just disney but they they cover all of the parks too
0: so they do Cedar Fair
5: Universal you know all of those Yeah,
0: especially here in California they do a very special haunt event at Not Scary Farm every year and we got to take part of that last year and it was just really awesome and we also uh, they host a really fun event every year sometime uh, around February they do what's called the Mice Chat Gumball Rally at Disneyland and it's basically a scavenger hunt and it's just so much fun you guys have really got to check it out but we're all good friends with the people of Mice Chat. We've got four very special guests from Mice Chat that are going to be on this whole month. Today, we are going to kick off Mice Chat Month with a very special guest. We've got Chloe Ferreira, who's from Mice Chat, and she is the event planner who handles all the event planning that goes on in the Mice Chat world. Andrew is standing by with Chloe today, but first, because we're celebrating Mice Chat Month here, we've decided that we're going to highlight some special clips of what Mice Chat does. For Chloe, we actually have got a really, really neat clip of them doing a live video with her and Dusty Sage together, and they were doing a walk around at Epcot, and it was just really awesome. So, take a listen.
3: Hi everybody, Dusty Sage here with Chloe, and we just got to do something super duper cool, and just behind us, that way, is the construction for Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind and we got to go inside and see the construction so we're going to take you on a little journey with us we're walking to our next media location for the walt disney world 50th anniversary but we wanted to talk to you on the way so we can tell you what we saw and it's pretty cool isn't it chloe it was
1: a complete surprise so we were on cloud nine it was great
3: it was awesome Mm -hmm. so behind you you see the construction they're just getting ready to put the solar panels on the roof but inside they have completely built out the coaster
1: the go-away blue against the sky or blended blue. Here I will
3: I will turn this around so that they can see. see. It's a
1: massive show building behind the original Universe of Energy building. Oh water's going by. Perfect. But the track is so the coaster track is ginormous.
3: Yeah. Ginormous. They said it's one of the largest indoor roller coasters anywhere in the world.
1: Do you want to flip it
3: around or do you want to keep it? Oh, no, we'll
1: keep going. Okay. <laughs> um, yes, one of the longest enclosed coaster tracks in the world. The longest enclosed coaster track for Disney parks. Yeah. And it just, it looks amazing. We walked in and it was, first of all, the air conditioning hit us. Which was, which was a nice surprise. <laughs> yeah, because
3: now we're outside melting, as you can tell from my hair. <laughs>
1: nice Florida weather for you in September. <laughs> and uh, Dusty decided to wear jeans. I wore shorts, you know, being a Florida girl in September, and I had to put on black sweatpants, which Ta- uh, Dusty was making fun of me for.
3: It wasn't <laughs> no, very nice. So fashionable. We put that on Instagram. Oh, it was
1: very fashionable. We did not put them on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: but
1: yeah, we had to suit up because today was the first day uh, the Imagineers didn't have to wear a hard hat while they were in the construction Yeah, well, site. just
3: because of us. They'll go back to it once they start working again.
1: Of course, yeah. So they were all very excited to show it off. We'll have more info what's this, tomorrow. What's
3: this line for?
1: This is for Club Cool. Oh, that's
3: for new Club Pool.
1: New Coca-Cola stop. And we have, we have oh. <laughs> Here's a creation shop. And then of course we have Epcot construction walls everywhere. We have Dusty stopping for a fan photo can't go anywhere with him. We're walking back to the France Pavilion. So if there's anything along the way that you'd like to see, back. give us a comment. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> and let us know. Otherwise, we're just going to start trekking.
3: So uh, what surprised me most about the whole Coaster thing jig is one. They didn't tell us, they said that we were gonna be on that. No. that was All that was on our info was a round interview.
1: So a round table interview. And they
3: had us enter by test track, which is like far, far away from the, the ride. So who would ever in their right mind think that we would be like, going inside the show building except I think both of us thought that we would probably be going inside. I heard some
1: whispers and then when I when I saw the rack of pants and shoes.
3: <laughs> they started making people bag their phones and put their bags away, then you know, uh oh, something happening. Yeah. So, when we walked inside the building, the supports for it are very, very heavy duty. It's for like a ride 15 times bigger than it is. I mean, I was shocked at this size of I mean, those columns. Yeah, I,
1: I would, I mean, it's not Disney, but I would compare it to Escape from Gringos at Universal Orlando. The track is massive and it's a big just wide track Yeah. And it's, it's very bulky, lots of twists and turns. There weren't too many drops that I saw and there's absolutely no inversions. We know that the beginning portion is a first ever patented backwards launch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it looks like it's, it could be fast, but it, they're deeming it as a family friendly coaster yeah.
3: I have a feeling it's not gonna be too crazy because they do want families, kids to be able to ride um
1: go this way? Or this way?
3: let's go this way okay. um so just so you all know where we're headed we're walking all the way back to the france pavilion That's where we have way. our next interview so you get to enjoy the scenery along the way we'll point things out as we go um so chloe here's what we let's talk about what we know so far mm-hmm. so we know that the ride system is multi-directional, so the yeah, coaster cars it. themselves tilt and move exactly. in any direction Disney wants to point them.
1: They're uh, calling it an Omni-coaster, oh, because right. similar to the mansion with the omni River car, they're able to twist and turn your doom bag into whatever scene they want you to look at. It's just like that. This isn't a random spinning coaster like Primeval World or precious Coaster in Paris. This is, they're controlling where you're looking.
3: Highly controlled, so yes. they can point you towards the show scene. Lots
1: more storytelling.
3: So while the coaster itself looks done, I mean, there's no more installation in there. That's done. The show scene elements probably are not. Uh, We only saw a couple of thematic things in the whole room, like a giant starburst kind of thing that you burst through, and then a big planet that has not been painted yet.
1: I think might be projected on. It looks like
3: like a projection screen um so and then they said to us that this is only half of the experience so we were inside the new show building which is behind the old uh universe of energy building and that universe of energy building is still there so yes. your understanding is that building is going to be what
1: the original universe of energy pavilion is the queue the gift shop and then the pre-show which i believe is similar to rising resistance "The railway they're now fully Show in as part of the attraction experience. Mm. Um, there was a couple of other media uh, contacts with us that asked, you know, you mentioned this is only half of the attraction. Is there more traffic on the other side? And we mentioned that this is only half the experience. Yeah, they wouldn't the answer, <laughs> they wouldn't answer
3: my question, they just said it was half the experience. What you're seeing out there are giant oil derricks. They've decided to start um, drilling oil here at Epcot so they can pay for the running of the park. Actually, that's the new harmonious barges that are out there day and night. Um, so they look lovely all day long, just sitting there on the lagoon like they're mining oil. they have some and on the
1: ground.
3: Yes, they're projecting things onto the giant. They're hideous, yeah. Chloe. I'm going to walk on this side of you so they can yeah. hear both of us at the same yeah. time. So we're going to walk a little faster now because now we're, <laughs> we have a long, long walk ahead of us and it's hot. We got 12
1: minutes.
3: 12 minutes, can we do it, folks? Somebody start a countdown.
1: Eiffel Tower right there,
3: we need to go. You can see the Eiffel Tower back there, that's where we're headed. We have to walk all the way to France? Yes.
1: But then we're back there for the evening, so we're okay. Oh
3: my goodness. So do we have any questions out there? Um, One, we can't believe we just got to do what we did. Two. It's pretty amazing that Disney was willing to do it. They usually don't give hard hat tours of something that's that, you know, incomplete. Um, Even though the ride system is done, they didn't say there's a lot more coming. They didn't say we have a ton of theming still to bring in. They just said, here it is. They
1: basically just said, look around. And you can
3: ask us questions tomorrow, yes. they said. so
1: we'll ask plenty of questions. If there's anything specific that you'd like us to ask the Imagineers who worked on Guardians Cosmic Rewind, shoot them over now via comment and we'll try to include them if we can tomorrow. We have a few quick minutes with them, but we'd
3: love to get what the general audience wants to know about it. I'm super um, stoked now. Like, now I care about this ride. Right? I wasn't all that excited Save. about it before because I really loved Universe of Energy, and while it really needed an update, the Pat Sajak Jeopardy, Ellen DeGeneres kind of pre-show was Alex a little dated. Beck oh, that's right, Alex Turek. And Tirek. Jamie Lee Curtis, Stupid Judy. Stupid Judy, Stupid it Judy. It was a great
1: nap time towards the end 40 minutes. I love that attraction. I grew up with the Ellen version, but I'm really glad that Epcot will have a big, real ride outside of yeah.
3: The way they're incorporating it into Epcot is a little bit forced. Um, the new pavilion, so on the front side where the old University of Energy was, is the new pavilion is supposed to be like a the first interplanetary pavilion at Epcot. So there'll be aliens and they're showing you all the things about their world. And then you end up going on the ride in their pavilion and it shoots you into the Cosmic Rewind. So as far as we know, that's the, that's the theme. So the front part will be just like any other Epcot pavilion, only this one is interplanetary. So not like the space pavilion where you're going from Earth into space, but aliens from another planet have set up a pavilion at Epcot. That kind of works. Did they say the planet was called Xandar? And I don't know what that is in the Guardians of the Galaxy world. Some it's of you may know yes. better than us. Is Xandar a real planet? Yeah. From, okay. Not a, well, I don't know actually in
1: real in actual Well, universe, in, but,
3: you know. in Guardians of yes, the Galaxy. In the Guardians of the Galaxy. All right. So, <laughs> so that was our experience. Just literally, we, we started doing the video as soon as we got out because we were so excited. We're like, oh, I have to tell everybody. And this is why people hate us, Chloe. Why? Well, because we get to do things like that.
1: Oh, I it with you so that's why we wanted
3: to hop on here yeah well i hate us <laughs> i can't believe we just got to do that i hate us um so uh i
1: think that we couldn't just take one photo just one photo of the track Building.
3: Nope, not even one. That
1: towering track is is amazing from the ground level with lights on. That will will be very rare to find online once the uh-huh. once the attraction's open.
3: I will say something that stuck out stuck out to me about the shape of the track is one. It is very convoluted and twisty-turny, but it has very few uh, even dips. I didn't even see really drops. Yeah. Um, there are some highly banked curves, but not overbanked. And, you know, no honestly, inversions.
1: You If they yeah. turn it just right, it's going to feel like a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you'll get that same pain in your stomach feeling. There's
3: Mary Poppins in there. Real quick, we'll just poke the camera so you can kind of see her. There she is. Here is Mary. She's practically perfect in every way, you know. I do love a Mary Poppins sighting. Yes. A, a Poppinsing. So, we're almost to France now and I'll just tell you what's coming up later so you can watch for it we are going to get to preview harmonious tonight that's the new epcot show replacing illuminations and then the one that followed it up epcot forever Forever, which wasn't forever it was just for a short period of time epcot temporary temporary. and we'll be able to show you that show Uh, disney will also be streaming it tonight so quite frankly Their stream is gonna be better, but we'll be at River's Edge and we'll be talking and bitchy. So it will be more fun. Just a view of the Skyliner and the topiary, which I've always loved that. It's like either an exclamation mark with stuff coming out of it or a peacock or a bird. I don't know, I've never figured it out. But the Skyliner is over there. And again, this gorgeous view of the oil derricks. World of Showcase Lagoon. So as you look across the lagoon, you see little tiny pavilions and big giant oil rigs. Good job Imagineering. Good job. It does make me worry about everything, Chloe. Like if they're willing to approve that. Yes, but you know what? With with
1: the additions to the Contemporary, Yes contemporary editions with the married way and essentially modern touches with very little IP thrown in. Yep. There's a little hidden Mickey in there. Okay. And what we just experienced earlier at Space 220. Yeah. You know, there might be a lot of characters coming into Epcot and there might be some other elements to the new additions that most people might not care for. Yeah. But they're also doing a lot of good.
3: So, just so that everybody knows what's going on right now, check out MyShut.com, go to the front page. There's a little banner for Walt Disney World 50th anniversary coverage. All of our 50th anniversary coverage is there. We have stuff right now on entertainment returning. We have an article about Space 220, the restaurant that shoots you into outer space. We just did that today, we loved it. We'll tell you all about it, what's cool about it, um, the food, etc. Um, We have articles about the new golden statues. Um, We have a ton of stuff coming up about both of the new shows, Harmonious and what's the new fireworks show at Magic Kingdom called?
1: Disney
3: Enchantment. Enchantment. So that's coming up. And what else did we um, get up in the last 24 hours? It's like it's been
1: a whirlwind. Southwest.
3: Oh, Southwest Airlines. Chloe, they put Chloe on an airplane yesterday and flew her to Texas. She didn't even know and then they got there and fed her lunch and she's like they flew me all the way to texas to have lunch and then they took her to a hangar where they painted a brand new airplane to look like
1: there's little characters and disney park emblems walt disney world park emblems to celebrate walt disney world and southwest's 50th anniversary
3: which is pretty cool and they're giving away 50 walt disney world vacations so every day for 50 days they're giving away a walt disney world vacation and you can find out more about that on micechat.com. We have reached our location for our next interview, so we're going to let you go for now, but please, if you don't mind, help us out by leaving your comments below what you would like us to ask the Imagineers tomorrow about Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Rewind.
1: Cosmic Breakout. Cosmic
3: Breakout. Rewind. Oh my God, we're combining the
1: two. Cosmic Rewind.
3: Cosmic Rewind. Which will be the first Marvel ride in the Disney parks out here in Florida. So that's super yeah. cool. Yeah. Alright, thank you everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll be back with even more
0: real, real soon. soon. Alright, that was really awesome. Jen, would you say?
5: Yeah, I love... I still want to go back to, to Disney World. I haven't been there since the 90s. It's a trip long overdue.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, revisiting Epcot uh, this month. I will be down there for the grand opening of Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> Cosmic Rewind. I'll be so looking forward. It'll be my very first uh, uh, ever going to a grand opening of something at Disney World, which will be really fun. I was
5: just looking up something on YouTube about uh, Cosmic Rewind and how they were designing it and stuff. It looks like it'll be really fun.
0: Oh, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see what this one's going to be like. So, But anyway, guys, Andrew is standing Standing by with our special guest today. We got Chloe Ferreira on. So take it away, Andrew.
2: Thank you, David and Jenna. This is Andrew, one of the producers of the Coaster Challenge podcast. Today we have a special guest. I'd like to welcome to the podcast Chloe Ferreira from Mice Chat and Dapper Day. Welcome to the podcast, Chloe. Hi.
1: Happy How are you here. doing? I'm well. How are you doing?
2: Very good. Very good. Let's uh, let's talk about, tell us about yourself. Obviously, you're involved with a couple of very theme park oriented organizations. So uh, tell us about yourself.
1: Yeah. I'm born and raised in Florida. Fun, fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. I grew up going to theme parks, especially Walt Disney World. So I'm naturally just very passionate about Orlando theme parks. I've been married for 10 years now. We have two pups that we love very much and I'm sort of a Jane of all trades. I, Organize and produce events, help with retail pop ups, cover theme park news, manage schedules, meet social media accounts, just a little bit of everything.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. What kind of dogs do you have, by the way?
1: I have a chihuahua. We also have a black lab. We don't know exactly what she is, but she's like, she's basically like a baby black lab. She's, oh, that's cute. Playful, energetic thing. She's really sweet.
2: Nice. I, I love animals. I've got two dogs myself. I've got two Alaskan cleek kai, which are basically like mini huskies. They're 20 pound huskies. Yeah. So, super fun. Super fun. I know that one of the organizations you're involved with and how I came to know you as our listeners know very well, not only is this a podcast, but sort of a meta moment. I'm a huge fan of podcasts and have been for years. The very first podcast I ever started listening to was Mice Chat. Uh, the way that happened was I participated in the gumball rally at Disneyland. Oh, oh my gosh,
1: I want to
2: tw- Yeah, in 2017, <laughs> that's when I first learned about Mice Chat, and I'm like, Mice Chat, what's about? And so, and I've been a theme park fan for a long time, but I wasn't too much big on the whole following the theme park blogs and things like that. So, I looked into Mice Chat and Dusty and, and everything else and discovered they have a podcast. Started listening and still listen to this day. And, and you know, love when, when a new episode comes out. It's always fun with with Dusty and Doug. And then, I guess, in the past couple of years, you've been a part of, of Mice Chat and on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, how did you get involved with Mice Chat?
1: I met uh, Dusty through some mutual friends while I was out in LA. I lived out in California off and on uh, the last couple of years. I just, Met him a few times through a mutual friend who was working for him at the time. I kind of got to know him and started out just writing a few articles here and there, and then it kind of blossomed into what I do now. Gotcha. And you're
2: basically so yeah. Because there are a number of people that write articles. I do. I do follow your blog as well and, and see all the great articles. I've seen yours. There's a number of writers, but you're also kind of been elevated up to kind of the podcast, kind of a guest host.
1: Yeah, because you're considers me a Florida editor, I guess. <laughs> right, and you're um, like a
2: Florida correspondent, right. Yeah. Right.
1: with a lot of backstage, like behind the scenes kind of things too, on the business side of things. And then I do cover a lot of the Florida news, Universal and Walt Disney World mostly. We have a right. and cover. Yeah,
2: there's a lot of news there. And I kind of... Yeah. Got my start here as well as, a, as an influencer with this organization, Coaster Challenge, which started as a YouTube channel and then recently pivoted to podcasting. Hence, why we're talking today. I got started with David about three years ago, almost to the day. I was right when he and I met at an event at SeaWorld San Diego. I used to live in California for years, which is how I met Dusty and Mice Chat and did so many nice events with them. My jet puts on amazing events. I've actually talked about them here in the podcast about, yeah. about the uh, not scary farm events I've done. Of course, the ball Rally. Anyway, I met David right before I was moving to Florida and he and I stuck up a friendship and then started talking about me helping out with Coaster Challenge. And then with me moving to Florida, I became East Coast correspondent, you know, big time Florida correspondent. You know, I'm on the we're on the uh, media list for you know SeaWorld and Busch Gardens, and working on getting there with with Universal and Disney as well. Uh, making it seems like some inroads there with our growth. So yeah, similar kind of mission uh, or a similar kind of history for me as well. So thanks for telling us a little about yourself. So let's um, we we always like to jump in the uh, the time machine, the theme park time machine with our guests and the kind of first half of the interview. So growing up here in Florida, you went to Disney a lot. So I'm guessing the first attraction you ever experienced was dis at Disney, right? Yes. What attraction do you remember what's your first where, if, if you don't remember your first what's the first one you do remember
1: the dynamic duo in fantasy land the peter pan's flight and it's because i was a, a baby okay
2: so you said like the combination of yeah uh, in, I, up peter pan and, and it's a small world
1: yeah i remember being small enough to think that i could fall out of peter pan's flight if i sat on the edge <laughs> <laughs> all world i just i remember I, I don't know I just remember being little on that ride and I know my parents loved both of those attractions so we did it a lot.
2: Interesting, yeah, no, those are both classics. I mm-hmm. I still love going on Peter Pan as an adult. It's a small world. I'd be in the right mood because of the music, <laughs> how, you know how catchy it can be and whatnot. Let's kind of switch gears a little bit. Now it could have been around that same time. How old by the How old were you by the way? The first time
1: you went to Disney? Uh, a couple months old. I mean, oh. I- my parents were pass holders pretty much my entire life. I think we went a couple of years when I was a teenager where we didn't go, but it was yeah. I've I've been going for a long time. <laughs> oh wow!
2: And now yeah. are your parents? They still here in Florida?
1: They are. Yeah. They don't go as often. It definitely. Uh, and I'm more obsessed than my sister is uh, yeah I don't know they go once in a while but they're still here in Florida okay
2: okay gotcha so maybe it was when you were just a little you know less than a year old years old maybe later what one theme park attraction over the years has scared you the most like before you got on it
1: I have kind of like two different ones that come to mind but I think that's fine the earlier one and that does okay another story
2: <laughs> sure um, sure
1: being a kid and going to Disney World a lot I was terrified of Tower of Terror. It was that looming dark figure at the end of Sunset Boulevard, and I thought I would never be brave enough to go on it, especially for the time, I don't know if you remember like the 1990s VHS tapes that Disney would send out for free with basically like an overview of the resort. I loved those. Like when I was home, (laughs) I would watch them at home and ask my mom almost every night, like, when are we going back to Disney? (laughs) Like, I've been... But whenever they showed, you know, the clip of Tower of Terror, it would show people standing in an elevator and then it would show like the the Mickey ear hat flying in the elevator shaft. And so I'm like, what happens on this ride? This is, <laughs> terrifying. This is not safe. So I had no idea you strap in or anything like that. And I was young. I was, oh gosh, I, I must've been like three or four watching those videos, but I was about five years old. I don't know if you want me to go into the story yet, but it's been Tower of Terror. I have a whole story.
2: <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Tell us do your story. Yeah, sure, sure. So
1: I was five years old my I just became a big sister I told my mom I was also tall for my age too I don't know if that's still the standard with kids today but I was (laughs) finally tall enough to go on Splash Mountain and Tower of Terror and up to that point I'd only gone on you know like Thunder Mountain she said are you sure you know she's questioned me if I was sure that I wanted to do them I said yes absolutely I want to do them both I'm a big girl now and (laughs) Splash Mountain which was scary but it was fine and I loved it I got into Tower of Terror I strapped in and I think just the cue to because it's so well done because it gives those, you know, ominous vibes and I love it now, but as a kid, it's terrifying. You don't know what's going to happen. And again, like that VHS, you know, marketing and whatever Tower of Terror is playing in my head, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. <laughs> 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 the moment the attraction started, I don't remember anything. I just started crying. And I was like, I was hiding my face in my mom's arm the whole time. And it was terrifying. Because I feel like if you're not watching what's happening, or you're not looking ahead while you're dropping, it just feels like absolute insanity. That affected me really poorly, actually, as a child. I, My mom says it was close to a year where I wouldn't go on anything after that, because I just didn't trust basically disney rides ever again really so, yeah she said i was even scared to go on dumbo like they had to force me to go back onto dumbo the flying elephant because i was just terrified eventually i got used to going back onto rides because thunder mountain used to be one of my favorites but they could not get that they could not get me back on that after tower wow Fair. that's the little story there
2: okay i definitely want to dive more into a little bit some questions yeah, so follow up but first question i gotta ask you five years old the bellhop that was there you know leading you <laughs> onto the ride What was that experience like with that first bellhop?
1: I don't remember, honestly. It must have, I must have noticed the cast members very much in character. And otherwise I wouldn't have been affected in that way. You don't think about it much as an adult. You know, it's like fun and like, oh, they must really love their job. Or this is so fun getting in, you know, setting the tone. But as a kid, it's like, this is real. What's happening right now is real. We're getting into a cursed elevator. (laughs) We're all going, (laughs) yeah, I don't remember that very much, but it must have been an authentic experience.
2: I bet. I bet. You were scared to get on it Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: then you were scared on it and even temporarily scarred. At least when you wrote it, you didn't really care. You didn't really conquer your fear on it. Right
1: didn't so that's why I have another attraction that, that this kind of plays into
2: yeah let's hear so, that yeah
1: so I eventually mustered up the courage to go back on my favorite Thunder and Splash and Test Track when I opened it was basically like riding a car I think in the meantime I know Space Mountain existed my parents tried to get me on Space Mountain I would not do it I knew it was in the dark I knew that I was basically sitting alone in an individual bobsled car that was not happening for me for quite a while. I say quite a while, but I guess in the typical theme park goer, it's not that old or young or what have you. I don't know. I, I guess because I grew up on theme parks and I went to them a lot. Right. 12 13 year old and not going on Space Mountain when you live an hour away is kind of a big deal, I feel like. Right. <laughs> I literally had to do baby swap with me because they wanted to ride it and I, I would not do it. Wow. So, yeah. And then Rock and Roller Coaster opened and they knew that they couldn't get me on that because that's upside down in the dark and I was not. <laughs> It happened one day, I didn't know I was going up until like the morning of, but some of my girlfriends are around the same age as me mostly a little bit older than me. I was like, yeah, 11 or 12. They were going to Universal Studios. I had not been, I mean, since I was, I think like a year or two prior with some uh, like family friends and we were all kids doing the kiddie stuff. We didn't do any of the roller coasters or anything. I was way too scared then too. Because I think I went with a group of girls that I wanted to have them think that I was cool enough to hang out with them. (laughs) I feel like I didn't let them see a sweat when we were walking up to Dueling Dragons at the time. I was, Terrified, terrified to go on. (laughs) I hadn't done anything to that level even at Disney. So to see, you know, a looping inverted, your feet dangling coaster and the dueling aspect of it was still happening at that time, I was so scared (laughs) walking (laughs) on the. Train. Oh, so I I did that. After I, I did that, I think that was probably the most thrilling, even with Hulk and Mummy at the time. I feel like Dueling Dragons was probably the most thrilling one to start with at that park. Yeah. So after I got off and I was like, I lived. I'm fine. That was really fun. I knew that I could conquer anything I wanted to at Disney once I went back. I couldn't wait to get home and tell my parents like, I can do Space Mountain. I can do Rock and Roller Coaster because I did this crazy one. <laughs> I don't
2: <laughs> that's awesome that's that's a great story so basically your conquering fear story Mm -hmm. has two parts the first part was i don't want to call i don't want to call it failure it was just it was you weren't (laughs) quite there yet you were really young five (laughs) i mean disney's not known for their thrill rides they have a couple of most of their parks but they're they don't really pivot much to the thrill ride because they cater to families it's not like universal so five-year-old riding their most one of their most thrilling rides that's a little bit intense yeah, You know, not most five-year-olds won't go on that. A lot of them aren't tall enough to get point about you being taller, you know, for your age back then you were scared on, on tower. You were still kind of freaked out afterwards. So it took you a while to even go back on the rides. You used to always be fine on years later. So you were what a teenager when you were went on dueling dragons, right? You were really scared of dueling dragons, which I totally get. I mean, that was a, yeah. I mean, like you, I went to, to universal a few times here in Florida in the earlier days you know, back before Potter, before Dueling Dragons became Dragon Challenge, was still dueling. Yeah. For me, it was 2001 was my first time at Islands, just a couple of years after the park opened. And wow, did that park wow me. You know, that and Spider-Man is so ahead of its time. And Dueling Dragons is was intense and amazing and intimidating. Mm-hmm. Certainly, yeah. I totally get it. You were scared. So you were walking through the queue, that, that amazing queue it had, and you were nervous, kind of feeling all that fear but well, you got yourself on it. Was it during the ride when you're actually on it that your fear kind of changed to and transcended into excitement and thrilling?
1: Yeah, um, I should watch a video again out of all the coaster, tra- like ride through videos I watch, I have not gone back to Julian Dragons. It must have been like after that initial lift or drop or what have you that I was like, hey, I'm okay. And this is kind of fun. I feel like I'm flying, you know, it was definitely during because I didn't cry. And I wasn't scared. Once I was on it, it was really the build up and just like, no, Chloe, you're you're old enough. You should be able to do this now. Just go do it. I was fine once it started going.
2: Nice. Okay. Gotcha. So you, like you said to yourself, you conquered your fear on that ride yeah. and felt like you could do anything. So ever since then, I know you've done some other crazy coasters and crazy yeah. You've not had that fear again.
1: Not like that. It's more right. so once I'm on it and I feel like I'm going to fall out of a ride. <laughs> <it's scary. laughs> But it's amazing. Like, I love it. Specifically, Hang Time at Knott's, Berry Farm, and of course, Velocicoaster at Island Adventure. Those are the two that I scream, like I shriek on those rides. Like I don't shriek <laughs> on any other coaster just because it, you're being whipped out of the, and there's no shoulder restraint, and it's scary. I,
2: clearly, you conquered, you know, that big fear riding Dueling Dragons. And while you might have had some excitement or a little bit of fear about a new attraction after that, you know, like Velocicoaster you mentioned. Um, it's not, it wasn't the same level as doing dragons, your fear. Right.
1: Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I have, yeah. I have a little bit more trust in, in major theme parks than I did when I was a kid, for sure. You know, right. that doesn't take over.
2: <laughs> yeah. And like you said, I've not been on hang time. I'm familiar with rides like that. I've been on rides like that, but certainly I've been on roller Coaster. As you and I have talked about offline, no matter how much the universal team members staple you into their, into your seat, like they're supposed to, they're trained to, doesn't matter. you still feel like you're falling out half the ride. So I, all that airtime, I totally get it. It's I can imagine why you scream. You know, we, it doesn't even have to be the one experience, but certainly, you know, I'm doing dragons, but you, you really conquered your fears as a teenager on these, on these coasters. How did that change you in terms of your life, in terms of how you look at theme parks? what, 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 what impact did it have on
1: you? Uh, a very positive impact. I was able to do more with my family at the theme parks and I felt like I could drop and go to Universal Studios again and not be terrified of, of doing those coasters or SeaWorld even. Yeah, I, I I feel like it's had a pretty positive impact just in the sense of me wanting to experience more of theme parks too. You know, venturing outside of my home Orlando parks and trying something new. I'm not really afraid to do that anymore. I haven't thought about it too much. Yeah, I feel like overall it's really impacted just my overall all just love of theme parks
2: nice nice so like what one thing that happens is if we're scared of something within a certain genre or a certain place or a certain type of thing when we conquer that fear like you just said that allows us to open up to doing so many more experiences that are like that where we just expand our world right and so in this case it's with theme parks so it totally makes sense and for me funny a lot of our the stories we, we hear on this podcast from different interviewees, different guests, they conquered their fear based on peer pressure, or partly because of peer pressure. For you as your friends, they're Dueling yeah. Dragons. My first upside-down coaster, what really made me a big coaster fan was I was there with a school group, high school, with a bunch of friends. One of my first upside-down coasters, Six Flags Great Adventure. David, it was one of his closest friends at the time, talking him into going on his first side- on coaster, which was the what formerly was known as California Screamin'. they a da- California adventure. Again, peer pressure, peer pressure, peer pressure. And sometimes peer pressure, it's pressure. It, it can be a good thing. It can help just yeah. kind of push us over the edge, you know, in a good way. Beyond Theme Parks has conquering fear, like, you, you know, you did back then as a teenager. Maybe you can think of the rest of your life, you know, after that. Did conquering that fear in that controlled, safe way on these coasters, these rides, did it have any other impacts on your life?
1: Not in ways that I've, I don't think I've truly realized, but I'm sure it has just as a part of growing up. And that was definitely a major stepping stone in conquering fears for me just because I personally was homeschooled most of my life and I didn't have too much of the social aspect of school or getting up in front of class and giving speeches in front of people, <laughs> So I feel like conquering that fear might've helped me along the way because I am much more of an ambitious person. And if I want something, I'll go after it. And I'm not really afraid of not consequences, but I don't know. I'm not really afraid of what would come afterwards. Yeah. Right. Well,
2: well, like there's this famous idioms, which are great idioms that are along these lines, like love, like you've never been hurt dance, like nobody's watching and you know, that kind of thing. So it's kind of like that. Yeah. You mentioned your, your homeschooled, you know, like most people went to school. So I had that social aspect of things there's you know social anxiety is a big thing throughout society even people yeah. at theme parks and whatnot so I, I could imagine someone that's homeschooled they're not getting that social aspect of things but I know you're a very outgoing person
1: I might come off that way but I'm very you, introverted oh I
2: really do. you come off that way okay okay <laughs> okay interesting I'm
1: bubbly. I'm bubbly when people get to know me on the surface level I am pretty shy and reserved I'm not I'm usually in the corner talking to somebody at a party I'm not in the center and I'm not off by myself like I'll want to talk to somebody I'm kind of in the middle on that spectrum.
2: Got it. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. One of the, one of the theories that we have that we've been demonstrating the people we've talked to here on this podcast and still, but one of the things that we see is theme park environments they're, they're relatively safe environments I mean, nowhere on the planet is a hundred percent safe things can happen but theme parks are really high on the safety scale compared to walking through central park at night or you know something on the other end of things or whatnot in that way theme parks being you know whatever percentile like super 99th percentile safety they are a way for people to in a controlled fashion conquer face their fears and get that adrenaline going. So what we've found, and I certainly feel this way about myself and my conquering fears on coasters and things like that, is that by conquering fears in these controlled, safe ways, they train our minds to be able to deal better with other anxiety provoking situations that happen in life. Yeah. sort of like strength training for the mind. Yeah. So that's why where you, where you said, you know, probably it's helped you in other ways. It may be even in ways you don't even realize or thought about. So nonetheless, have theme parks, you know, going beyond facing fears and that sort of thing, have theme parks had any significant positive impact on your life in any other ways?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's always that sense of escapism when you go to a theme park. I really feel like if you balance that properly in your life, it really is a benefit to your mental health yeah I feel like going to theme parks helped just kind of face daily stresses and I do have anxiety and social anxiety and all that jazz it's definitely helped me better acquainted with different types of people that I didn't necessarily grew up around I feel like it also gives you a sense of it fulfills a sense of wanderlust in people which is why this last year was so hard it kind of adds another layer that we're able to go back to theme parks and go somewhere again it definitely feels like you're traveling somewhere even in a literal sense when you go to you know Epcot's World Showcase and you can travel around the world <laughs> or go to Jurassic Park or what have you. So it definitely fulfills that in a sense. It's kind of like comfort food. I don't believe that people who didn't grow up on theme park can't eventually feel this way, but I feel like kids who grew up going to at least one theme park visit in their childhood, they're able to relive that memory and then make more memories with people that they're going with now as an adult. Feel like, I I know I've met my my best friends at theme parks and through events at theme parks. I feel like it's such an easy, relaxed setting to reunite or get to know someone. I've made core memories with my husband there over the years. My once estranged sister is now one of my close friends. And one of the first things we did together was just go to Disney again like we did when we were kids and it it really helped kind of heal things for us. Yeah, I mean, between just going, even like for me, I usually go about once a week. And it's just a great escape to escape your daily life and kind of invest in this this fantasy world just for a moment in time. But then it's the it's the people that you go with too if you go with a big group of people or your spouse or your best friend or what have you you're bound to create really great memories together even if something bad happens in a theme park it's bound to end up as a funny story later on when you get back home so
2: couldn't agree with more with everything you've said there i feel the same exact way and you know whether it be that healthy escapism you know, getting away from life's daily stresses or even dealing with something not on a daily basis, but periodic, maybe bouts of depression or just really stressful situations, practically. One of the fun things about theme parks is those crazy things that happen. Now, of course, a lot of theme park attractions, the famous joke is it, sometime in the attraction, something goes wrong. It's all planned, but it makes you think, oh, oh, wow, we're going off course on river adventure. Oh, we're going to this full paddock. Oh no, what are we gonna do? Also sometimes, things don't go the way that the parks plan them to on a given ride and and things like that and so those funny stories you know not say we don't get hurt or anything usually it's just something funny happens something weird you see or a ride behaves a certain way and uh, so I'm guessing you have some stories.
1: Yeah I was honestly I was racking my brain trying to think of crazy stories besides getting you know stopped on Haunted Mansion once in a while or someone left the light on in Space Mountain before they put the screen up I don't have to something absolutely crazy the only thing that Stands out is it was opening year of Test Track. Most people might know Test Track did not have the best timeline of opening, and then when it did open, they had a lot of problems with it. it went down a lot. You were lucky right. to ride it <laughs> the first couple months of opening. It was within the first year. Some friends from up north were in town, and so we wanted to show them around EPCOT. And I couldn't wait to go on Test Track with my one of my little best friends. We. At the point where it's supposed to be accelerating, where it goes 10%, 20%, 30%, the car was actually slowing down more and more and more. It felt like an eternity. It was a long time, but I feel like it felt longer just because I was a kid. I was like seven or eight. We were stuck. My mom says we were stuck for about an hour on test track in that part. The lights came They were talking, I was telling us, you know, that they, they were they were looking into things, seeing what was going on. And I don't know if they had never evac or if they weren't used to it, but it was a long time. Like I remember as a kid just being bored, like, okay, let's get out of here. It was exciting because we got to evac and I got to walk through some of the inside track. I thought as a kid, I thought like we were going to have to walk around the whole outside part. And I, I don't know, I didn't think that there were doors in between to, to exit. Just some of the inside track and we got to go to like a backstage staircase down to back onto on stage which was my first time as ever to be backstage before so that was just like cool for me as a disney kid but yeah that wasn't so fun <laughs> <laughs> we got fast passes to come back and and do it another time but my friend wouldn't be there with me so he got to do like half of the test track. It was a cool experience, but that was probably the one that the most lackluster, I guess. I don't, ugh, I feel like I have a lot of crazy guest stories just being at theme parks, but nothing really happened on an attraction that I can remember.
2: Well, I, I appreciate, by the way, your modesty. That's, a, you know, it's, that's always a good trait. And you were being very modest there because what you just described is actually an awesome and incredible example yes. of, of that okay. question where we ask people about their craziest moment on an attraction, because, there's generally, there's generally a couple different key, like pinnacle sort of crazy moments in the theme park sphere, coaster sphere. One of them is getting evac'd off a ride where you don't just get evac'd, but you get to see things that people don't normally get to see, which is what you experienced, yeah. which is very cool. I've heard, I've heard similar stories. And another person we interviewed, their crazy story, one of their crazy stories was getting evac on Everest and getting to see bridges and oh, things wow. inside yeah. the mountain. And, and you know, that again, scary like heights things and things like that. But yeah, getting evac is like theme park enthusiasts, they like, oh my God, I got evac on this today. It's a big deal. So that's awesome. You got to experience that. I've, I've not experienced that. So yeah, no, that was a great story. You have a great story. Feel free to, you should be proud to share that with people. So, I will. <laughs> so speaking of things that you're, I bet you're proud to share, I like to do segues. So, So what would you say is your favorite attraction, the one you're really well proud of?
1: I love convention. (laughs) It's so hard. It's so hard. Velocicoaster obviously is amazing, but attraction level, Hagrid's motorbike is really up there for me. The story and the surprises and it never gets old. I literally bought an annual pass to Universal solely because of that ride.
2: (laughs) Awesome.
1: (laughs) It's amazing.
2: So what's your favorite Disney coaster for the ones you've been on?
1: They both exist in Disneyland Paris. Disneyland Paris is the only international Disney park I've been to. And I love it to bits. It's the most. Oh, yeah and oh it's just gorgeous I can't wait to go back I love Big Thunder Mountain over there the, oh yeah just the fact that it's out on the island like that is yes. island in Frontierland and when you're it feels like it's pulling you in when you go it's like going through a tunnel under the water after you leave the location. right? and then the little drop if you're sitting in the back you get some good airtime. when they take you back to the station you go underground again it's just completely dark and oh I love it and then I also really enjoyed their Space Mountain over there it was or it is Hyperspace Mountain at the time but the inversions were so tight and just it was great I loved it we did that one a lot too out of all the Disney coasters I've been on I love I love all of them I've never come across Disney coaster I didn't like even Barnstormer once in a while um, (laughs) yeah I those two out there are just incredible oh and Crush's coaster is so fun too Oh
2: yes. Oh oh, (laughs) see yes at Studios Paris. Yeah. I I I almost was gonna use Crushers Coaster as a joke, but a lot of people might think I was being serious (laughs) because Crusher's coaster is fun. That is a great example of a spinning coaster done right. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's Inside, a great yeah. The,
1: the projected bubbles, like we got on, and we're like, "What just happened? That was crazy." That's fun. You
2: know, we don't try to talk about too much negativity on the show, but <laughs> it's interesting to kind of co- contrast and compare. So, we always ask our guests not just their favorite attraction, what their least favorite is. So, which one is that for you?
1: You want attraction or a coaster?
2: It could be a c- attraction, coaster, all everything. Yeah, whatever you like.
1: I'm gonna have to go with Fast and Furious Supercharge at Universal. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I I totally get it. I totally get it. It's, it is yeah. universally panned. Unfortunately, nothing against Universal. Again, I love Universal. They do amazing things. But yeah,
4: absolutely.
2: I think, I think they've learned their lesson because it, it, it's a bigger issue. And the issue is, is that, you know, these theme parks, they have limited budgets. And Disney, Universal, they do these expensive rides. Yeah. And so one of the things they do is they try to make the most of all of the Money that went into developing the ride and build more than one of them. The issue is, is what with Hollywood. You've been in Universal Hollywood. Yeah. which is a great park but it is so land I mean people think Disneyland's limited on land which you know it is yeah. uh, Universal Hollywood is really limited and they have plans to to get around that which are brilliant basically getting rid of sound stages and building them elsewhere and you know expanding the lower lot but but anyways they're really limited on space there do a lot of stuff you know where they incorporate into the tram tour which is amazing it's the I, th- I think their tram tour I think like records wise it has to be like the longest ride in the world because how long you know it's like what an hour whatever it is and then you know they've got You know, Fast and Furious. There, it's where debut. They did King Kong there. Dog. They've got that technology, the ride film, the screen you know. So they they put it in Orlando on a tram tour. You know what? It works because you're in a tram. It's but as a separate ride, as just that only, it's it's its own ride. It falls flat, unfortunately. Plus the the whole thing with Universal building a lot of screen rides, especially at Universal Studios Florida, that's become pretty old. And Universal again, I I love that they really respond to guest feedback and they really feel the pulse of the theme park sphere, the blog sphere, and whatnot. You hear people complaining about screen rides and copying rides that, you know, from the tram tour. So we're like, well, we'll give you Hagrid's and then we'll give you a Velocicoaster two years later. Now everyone's thrilled. And so, well, thanks for sharing your least favorite. That is, I would not call that a hot take at all. (laughs) (laughs) So so, I'm kind of wrapping things up here. Mm -hmm. What would you, is there any kind of final advice you'd like to share with our listeners and, you know, any words of wisdom?
1: Yeah, I mean, you kind of touched on it before, but I'll reiterate is if you're passionate about theme parks or roller coasters or something that society and your peers might not agree with you with, just be yourself, be unapologetically you, do what you want to do, because they're probably missing that fun anyways in their life. <laughs> Something must have happened that they don't like that part of you. Um I personally um, people in my life thought I was too obsessed with Disney and they thought that I went too much and I cared too much about all the changes that were going on and then it turned into my career and I actually love it. I enjoy what I do. Yeah, just stick to your stick to what you know. Just be yourself is what I could What I could advise everybody, just be your authentic self.
2: That's great advice. I love it. Well, uh, Chloe, last thing I'd like to do as we do with all our guests is I know you're you're involved with a couple of different theme park related things. So if you'd like to please go ahead and share any websites that you have, you know, talk about mice chat where people can find mice chat, podcast, any other social media channels you want to share, please share away.
1: Yes absolutely so if you're interested in dapper day at all definitely go to dapperday.com we have all of our future event info merchandise all everything about dapper day because i know a lot of people are typically curious about that usually and then micechat.com that's where i cover theme park news and that's the biggest site to cover disneyland news on the west coast and then we also cover some florida parks news as well there's instagram channels for those accordingly too and then personally i'm on instagram at carousel of chloe and that's pretty much all i have that's out there for myself
2: great thank you and i've known of you for a listen to my step podcast but i kind of found you on instagram your instagram account carousel chloe and like wait a second i know chloe she's she's kind of that fun bubbly person on mice chat recently and so then we started talking and, and your instagram you can post some fun things on there so i encourage listeners to follow follow you on there and see some fun theme park stuff
1: it's all velocicoaster right yes
2: now. which yeah. i love which I, I caught that yeah that's why i was like oh yeah that's right she loves coasters too that's right she's not as quite as afraid of them as, as dusty is so uh so yeah so well thank you very much for the interview today and chatting with us it was a fun conversation
0: so thank you thank you andrew thank you chloe that was a really awesome interview jen
5: yeah it was I love that she has her pets as her fur babies. I I always love the fur babies.
0: (laughs) I will tell you, pets are children, too. Oh, yeah. You know? Yes, this was a really fun interview. It was a really awesome. I hope you guys will join us next week. We've got a very special guest from the Mice Chat group. we got Doug Barnes coming on next week, and he's him and Andrew have got a really awesome story to share there. But in the meantime, Justin, how can they find us on social media? If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe
5: wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to see more from us, we upload every Friday. And check us out on Facebook,
0: Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all at Coaster Chat. Challenge. Links in the description. Thank you, Justin. Yes, guys, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on all our social media platforms. Make sure to give us a thumbs up on your favorite podcast network and make sure to give us a review. We really want to hear a review. And don't forget to
5: visit our website for our merchandise too. We have new shirts that just came out, didn't we, David?
0: Oh, yes, we did. We just had brand new design shirts and some brand new products in our online store. And if anything that's bought from our store, all the proceeds go to a charity at the end of every year. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for taking. The time to listen to our podcast, but until then, this is David Cantu,
5: this is Jenna Gazelle.
0: We'll see you next week, right here on Coaster Challenge.